gentlemen, we're here at Real Deal Talk, and today we have special guest, um, and you guys know how I do it. I'm always very excited about the guest, but this one in particular, Dr. Melinda Silva. Now, Melinda and I met, um, we, you know what, we met at like a, I think we first met at a charity function, didn't right, we? Right, it was a fundraiser event. It was a fundraiser event. You were with um, Maria, mm -hmm. right, which we met you through right. Maria, um, Maria right. Arcega Dunn mm -hmm. from... Fox doing, 5. Yes, when I was doing my Fox 5, I was a medical correspondent for Fox 5 yep. for about six years, and I did a segment called Ask the Moms, and I was one of the moms in the segment. Oh my gosh. So now, uh, originally I actually thought that you were a naturopath. Right. But when you walked in today, you kind of said, no, not quite. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, something a little bit even more unique than that. So do me a favor. Explain to our audience here today, um, and we'll get a little bit more into you know the, the backstory of how we met. But t uh, explain what the type of doctor that you are, because it was fascinating. So I am a medical doctor trained in California. Yep. And I practice mainstream medicine. I'm board certified in family medicine, and I worked for Kaiser for 13 years. And then something happened to me. I started having changes in my body that left me unrecognizable to myself. I was losing my hair, I started to get belly fat. You know, I had my fourth baby when I was 40 years old. Wow. So it was changes that made me not like myself. And I wasn't the nurturing mother to my four kids because I was, you know, was not patient. I was irritable and that's not who I am. So I knew that there were changes going on and I really wanted to get help. And when I went to my primary care doctor, they gave, wanted to give me Prozac and birth control pills. Of course. And I knew that that wasn't gonna be the answer for me. So I had to look outside of mainstream medicine to figure out what I could do to get myself back to me. And that's when I found out about integrative functional medicine that looks at the root causes of disease, that helps your body to heal naturally. And I found out about the plant-based bioidentical hormones. So they're not the synthetic hormones that cause cancer or heart disease that women are afraid to take. They are plant-based hormones. And those hormones help me to have optimal cellular functioning, which meant that I was able to sleep again, I wanted to have sex again. Oh my, <laughs> wanted my hair, my my hair grew back. I got um, my body back. I was I was me again, and but that meant I had to leave mainstream medicine to be able to offer it to other people. So I did a two-year fellowship in functional and integrative medicine. So I'm double board certified. So I'm a, a doctor in allopathic medicine, the traditional medicine but I ended up doing a focus on integrative functional medicine. So I bridged those two worlds. I bridged the worlds between Eastern and Western medicine, which for me is the best of both worlds. I yeah. take the best of both worlds so that not only I could be healthier, but I could offer that to my patients. I wanted people to know that they have a choice. Now, I treat both men and women, but a lot of the times women, we just thought that was our rite of passage. We just you know, we, we have labor during pregnancy, we have a period every month, and some of us suffer more than others. So I just thought, oh, when we lose our hormones, it's gonna be the same thing, we're just gonna suffer, it was a rite of passage. 
until I realized it is not, that you do have a choice. But for me, that choice had to be healthy. I wasn't going to take something that was going to be worse than the disease, right? <clears throat> right? So for me, I wanted to make sure I always come from a place of health. So that's why I ended up doing a fellowship, and I left mainstream medicine, and now I have a thriving practice just on holistic health and taking care of patients and helping them feel themselves again, feel strong and feel vibrant at any age. So my practice is anti-aging and wellness, but it's really age management, right? So I take you where you're at and just help you to just age more gracefully. And speaking of aging gracefully, mm -hmm. um, ladies and gentlemen, please take a look at Dr. Melinda Silva here. And if you notice, she said when she was 40. So that means she's older than 40 which is hard to believe. Give, give them the number, please. Well, my, my youngest, like I said, uh, she was 40. I was 40 yep. when she yeah. was born. Is now going to start UCLA this year. She's 18. She's 18. So, and I'm going to be 59, 59. in Folks, yes. take a look. Okay, <laughs> yes, so. But I tell people, remember, my magic wand is broken, so I have to walk the walk, right? <laughs> I have to practice what I preach. Exactly so people, what I was getting. Yeah, at. people are not going to trust me if I don't take care of myself. So I really practice all of what I tell my patients to do. And, yeah. I, I love that. Look, I mean, look at this. Talk yeah. about it. The poster child for your own yeah. practice of what you do. What are they going to say? They're going to look at you and go, well, how can you help me when you're 59 and you look like you're 29? Well, they're going to say, I want what you want. Exactly. I want you, what you have. Totally. So, so, but, you know, I, I work for it, though. Yes, I do. it's work. I, it's a lot it of work. Is. It is. But, but what's the contrary? Because I always say short-term pain, long-term pleasure. Right. The, the work is a little bit painful. Mm -hmm. But long-term, look at look at the life you're living. Right. You just did another fitness competition. Right, how, I'm stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. You right. feel better. You're mm -hmm. sleeping better. You look. Mm -hmm. That's pleasure. Right. But most people go the opposite. They do the short-term pleasure game, mm -hmm. which is eating whatever you want, not taking care of it, doing whatever you want, not even thinking about it, but then long-term pain is when they end up late, mm -hmm. right? And they right. feel terrible, look terrible, because they're not doing anything that's, you know, painful in the beginning. Right. So, all right, so, and because we're going to get, we're going to get more into that, into depth into that, but I also mm -hmm. want to, which is, which is um, customary for my show here, because I want to mm -hmm. dig in a little bit on the backstory um, to find out where, how Melinda got to where you were going into medicine and doing all that stuff. All right, so we're gonna go back a little bit here, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, let's go back to where, where were you uh, born and raised? Well, I was born in the Philippines, ah. and my father was in the, in the Navy. And so we traveled when I was two years old, um, to, first to Hawaii, and then we lived in Texas. And I was happy that he was in the Navy because I find myself most comfortable by the water. Yeah. So we moved around a lot every two years, but it was always by the water. So it was really nice. So I lived on all coasts of America, and luckily he ended up retiring in San Diego. Now, which, which Navy was he in? Was he in the United States Navy? Yes, he was in the U.S. Navy. He <clears> was <throat> recruited to, to fight in the war, the um, Vietnam War. Yeah. And he... He, he brought myself and my younger brother and my mom um, into the United States. He was able to bring us, and he was so proud to be in the Navy. Yeah. 
Um, I just lost him a couple of oh, years ago sorry. Um, during COVID, and that was a really hard time for yeah. me. But he was the one that actually helped me to to do fitness. Yeah. Even when he passed, because I was in a dark place, I was mm. in despair, and my friend that was a trainer said, "We have to get you out of this funk," and he said, "I'm going to train you so that you can." focus on the physical strength of your body yeah. and it worked and but me being so competitive and and needing a goal I just couldn't exercise for the sake of exercise I needed right. to to have a goal so he gave me one month to compete in my first competition which I knew I wasn't going to be ready yeah. the way that I wanted to be ready and that keeps a lot of people from going forward right but I knew I was going to be better than where I was. Totally. And that was what was important to me. And for me, I wasn't really in competition with anyone else except for myself. Yes. So as long as I kept that in focus and I knew that I was doing this so that I could be better for me, then I knew I was going to be happy. But it put me on a strict schedule of training yep. and eating. Um, I was known as the cookie monster, right? Yeah, yeah. I never met a cookie I didn't like. I just <laughs> love cookies. And for three months, I didn't take sugar. No sugar for three months. Wow. And that's crazy oh, yeah. because there's so many things that had sugar. Even my favorite deli meat yeah. had less than 2% of sugar for as a preservative. So I didn't look at that. I wouldn't know. Yeah. So I looked at all the labels and I just realized the sodium content of things, and I'm wondering, wow, no wonder I gained like two pounds just by eating like tuna, you know, yeah. canned tuna and deli sandwiches, and then you thought you were eating healthy, but if you don't look at the sugar or sodium content of foods, it just can lead you astray. Yeah. So for me, it just was a wake-up call on what I needed to do to to be at the fitness level that I wanted to be. And it was really hard because I, I had hurt myself at CrossFit when I was about 50 years old. Oh, yeah. And I hurt my wrist and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna do that again. And then when I was 57, I just found the right trainer yeah. that helped me to modify the exercises so that I could not, um, you know, I could push myself without hurting myself. Right. Because that was what's important. And then I ended up, that was two years ago, and I ended up winning 11 titles in Master Fitness um, for bikini, for, you know, for, um, which I never thought I would ever do. Yeah. <laughs> really, never thought I would ever do in my whole life. And so you had but, never done a competition then? No. I thought you did. No, I did martial arts. I, I was, um, I'm very proud to say I was actually the first American to receive a silver glove in Savat, which is French kickboxing. Yeah. Um, when I was at UCLA, wow. my boyfriend was my um, my trainer, and but I'm very like focused, right? Yeah. So mar martial arts gave me that foundation for discipline, yes. right? That helped me through medical school and whatever I wanted to do, and but I'm very goal oriented, so that's what I was shooting for, and you know, wow. usually, I, you know, my husband will say, well, how come you always get what you want? Because I usually don't stop until I get until it, right? Do. Yeah. I just keep working at it. Doesn't mean that you don't ever fail right it just means that you don't ever quit yes right and so for me i just i just keep going until i get what i want yeah and um and and i think that that is 
really what helps me to stay successful and, and be able to do everything that I do. And ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you just listened to that um, and you paid attention. The key in life, in whatever you're going after, whatever it is, mm -hmm. next level, business, fitness, um, it doesn't matter. The, the moral of the story is just don't quit because eventually, eventually you're going to get there. Yes, you will. If that's what you want, yeah. right? And if sometimes you, you have a path and you're going along this journey that you think is where you want and then you get a detour. Mm. And that's okay, I tell people. When something doesn't happen for you at that moment in your life, it's because you're meant to take a different path. Yes. Doesn't mean that you're still not gonna get to where you wanna be. It just may mean it's not for you right now at that moment in life. And then that's that. okay. Yeah. Because as long as, you know, I tell people, people will tell me, oh my God, you know, I went to my, my reunion in high school and I remember going to my 10 year reunion and I saw people and I thought, oh wow, you actually are, you know, you're middle school, you're doing it. And they're like, I thought that would take so much time. But yes, time passes for all of us. Yeah. Time's going to pass. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about how long something's going to take. Because as long as you're enjoying the, the ride, you're enjoying the process, it really doesn't matter. Right. If you're doing something that's meaningful to you. And that's what I tell people. It doesn't matter how long anything yes. takes. If it's meaningful, right? Yes. You're meaningful. And, and that's, what I, it, that's how I try to live my life. I want to do things... I always want to do things that are right. I always want to do things well. And I always want to be true to myself, right? And, and, and like you said, <coughs> it, as long as you're enjoying the right. process, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what I say. If, you're, if, you're, if you love the journey, yes. then why does it matter how long it takes? doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because really life doesn't. is a journey. Why not enjoy every yeah. single aspect and every minute of the journey? Right. And then it's I, so simple, yeah, right? Yeah, and then I remember when I was somewhere, you know, someone told me, wow, I should have done this or whatever they wanted yeah. to do, but they didn't because they thought it took too much time. But guess what? We were here at the same, the same moment in time, and this is where we're at. And are you happy where you're at, basically? Are you happy where you're at? Are yes. you living the life of your dreams right yes. now? Yes, are you happy where you're at? And if you're not, we'll make... The path to get yes. there. If that's what you want to do. It doesn't Correct. really matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter um, what detours you have in life, as long as you're enjoying the journey. Is you know. So for me, because I have been accused of being too happy. If that can happen. <laughs> that's a great. <laughs> and I've great. actually lost. I actually have lost friends because they said you're just way too happy for yeah, me. they can't handle it. They can't handle it, and they say, "Why are you so happy?" And I say, "Why not?" Right. Right. If Life's you have good. a choice, why? I mean, why not? And so, um, for me, it's just, you know, I, I, I tell people I'm happy because I'm grateful because mm. I have blessings because yes. that's what I focus on. I focus on what I have in my life, not what I don't have. Right. Which, and which, right there, right mm -hmm. there, folks. Hold on a second. Hold on. Mm -hmm. You focus on what you have, right, and not what you don't have. That's me, right. How many mm -hmm. people focus on what they don't have? Get the so many, so many, and that's why they're never happy. So many. Yes, there and then that's why you're not going to be exactly. happy, right? If you focus on what you don't have. So for me, and I try to tell, and I try to that's it. teach my kids, and that's why my kids are hopefully it's number on the one path. I tell them, you know, focus on what you have in life and that's always going to be your 
Be right. great and be grateful. Be grateful, be grateful for live what you have. That live was, with gratitude. That's the best if I had one piece of advice I give my kids. Because remember, yeah. I have four of them. Yes, <laughs> so, I know. And thank God yeah, they're all doing well. Handsome <laughs> men and, and a gorgeous daughter. Yeah. Your family is Just, freaking ridiculously um What's blended, good looking, right? Good looking. Blended. I think the blended families have, you get the best of both, you, right? I have Mexipinos, yes. right? I'm Filipino. Yeah, and you're, you're Mexican. Mexican, that's right. So I have Mexipinos, and I just, Mexican. I love, you know, living in Chula Vista, there's yeah. a lot of Mexicans and Filipinos, so there's there's quite a few Mexipinos. <laughs> I thought that that was unique. I it's love not that. I as love unique, it. but... What, whatever, yeah, whatever mix that is, it, it's something. I'll tell you that right now. But all mixes, like you and your 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 family's gorgeous, yeah. and you yeah. have a beautiful wife, yes. and you have the blended family. I just I just love blended <coughs> families. I Me just too. think they're just gorgeous. Me too. Um, I think it's uh, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. By the way, yeah, I think it's cool it to, you know, that we and, it, and it's not even. Um, you know, this day and age with the whole everybody trying to separate us and make us fight against each other. We actually live longer, right? So they notice when you mix up the genes. Really? Yes. So just mixing up the genes yeah. in different um, ethnic groups is survival of the fittest. Get out of here. No, I'm not lying to you. So if you look at um, different, like royal families, for example, because they kind of stayed within the family yeah, yeah, and married yeah. their cousins. Yeah. Some of them actually died off. Their lineage died off. Really? Because their genes were too alike. No way. And they were more likely to have genetic disorders, which they did. And so it's not healthy to to stay with, you know, like, you know, that's why you don't marry your cousin, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's one you gotta reason. You got to mix up the genes. That's, that's one reason. Yeah. You got to mix up the genes a little bit. So yeah, so that's you, crazy. Yeah. I never knew. So, so folks, get out there and find someone that's not the same as you. Yeah, is that what we're saying here. And that's what opposites attract, right? Yeah. I say that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go. Let's go back again because you said that your dad, if if he was a from the Philippines, how did he get into the U.S. Navy? That's the first well, question. You I know, have. that's um, one of the wave of immigrants that came to the, the United States. Yeah, let's let's dig they, into this a little they, bit. Um, they recruited a lot of Filipinos. Really? The Philippines was going to be the 51st state Shut of up. the Union. Did, and most did people you know this, Spencer? Most people you knew this? don't know that. You know? Most people don't know that. The Philippines was going to be the 51st really? state. Really? Hey, 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 Asian boy, Filipino did you, boy. Did you know you're, that? You're, what are you, Korean? Japanese. Japanese, same yeah. thing. I do the Asian thing. Yeah. Every podcast, because my wife's Asian, so yeah. I can say anything with Asian yes. stereotypes, and there's an Asian yeah. So, Chris, did you know this, that the Philippines is going to be the 51st state? They were I did not know that, but that makes yeah. sense. Right? Yeah. Right. And they should have been. It would have been a lot better for the Filipino yeah. people, but they didn't end up being um, the 51st state. But it was very strategic, the Philippines Islands. The Philippine Islands, there's over 7,000 islands. And so the U.S. had a lot of Navy bases, yeah. U.S. Navy bases in the Philippines. So they recruited a lot of the Filipinos to, to join the U.S. Navy and to fight the war. So that was one of the wave um, of immigrants that came from the Philippines. The other wave, which a lot of you know, were the wave of what we call the brain drain, the nurses and doctors. That's why you have a yeah. lot of Filipino I never knew why. Like if you go to any hospital in San Diego, how many Filipino nurses? 
How many Filipino nurses oh. did you see? So they really took a lot I'm of so the, happy that. That was this. yeah. There was a, I'm teaching you a lot. Yes, today, right? I never knew this. Yeah, I worked with them. They're all around the little yeah. the, the little Filipinos. They're, yeah, they're, the Filipinos. Because you know why? Because there isn't an F. There isn't yeah, an why? F in the Filipino language. It's a Filipino. So there's there's a, they say everything with P. So yeah. Filipino. Yeah, yeah. It's not Filipino. That's right. Filipino. Right. So, you know, they're like, it's it's very, I'm going to eat some fish today. <laughs> some fish today. Fish today. Fish. So, yeah, so they, they <laughs> there are a lot of nurses, right? And, and doctors, my, my... So they say, puck. Yeah, puck you. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Oh, my God. That's so, so funny. um... So they recruited them for nurses and doctors? Yeah, they, they recruited a lot of the nurses and doctors. One of my um, my favorite uncle and aunt were doctors in the Philippines, and they came here. And so it was in the family, right, to um, to be nurses. So there's a lot of, it just, it just continued the generations. So um, my brother's also a nurse, right? Yeah. And then his daughter's a nurse. Yeah. So you just keep making so, a lot of Filipino nurses. <clears throat> so we just went over there and said, yeah. do you want to be a nurse? No, they're already nurses, and they took them. Oh, they're they, already they, nurses. They offered them status. Got it. They offered them citizenship. Oh my God! To come to the United that? States to work. So that was a that was a a, a way. But did the they have to join the military as well? No, they no? did not. Because a lot of the my... people that were in the U.S. Navy they yeah. did. So they they received their United States citizenship that way, and then that's how my mother received her citizenship. Status and then of course that's how I was a I wasn't a citizen until I was sixteen years old. Really? Yeah, I had to you know because I'm I was born in the Philippines. But, but you came over here with your dad when I was two years old. Two. And we were on a boat and my mom was seasick, and she was seasick and she was sick for a month because it wasn't like you know a direct route. Yeah. We had to go all oh, yeah. around the world from the Philippines and my mom had me and my my younger brother and she was sick every day for 30 days <laughs> oh no <laughs> bless her heart because being seasick is the worst it was so she was sick for 30 days but she what wanted boat us was to get this? a it was a one of the ships oh, it was one of the navy ships yeah, one of i don't remember i was yeah. two years old but that's yeah. what my my mom had told me but my dad was actually on the midway the He's, midway yeah he was the get one that's right here yeah. he was so proud to be in the Navy, he loved being there. I remember he would clean his shoes, his his black shoes, and yeah. his buckle, and his yeah. hat, and and he was just so proud. And I remember um, my mom being a single mom for six to nine months yeah. out of the right. year, Cause right? Because he would be deployed, and I was the oldest of four, so I was very maternal at a very young age. I took care of my my younger brothers and sisters, and I remember going one day to the ship and going with all of these other fatherless families to this mess hall and saying Merry Christmas to my dad on video. Yeah. Because we didn't have, you know, right. FaceTime. No, nothing. We couldn't talk on the phone or nothing. anything. But they would video us and they would send it to to him so that they could get Christmas yeah. greetings. And, yeah. and I remember doing that. I remember <clears throat> thinking to myself, wow. And then I remember when we would when he'd come home and he'd show us his ship, the, the ship, and he was so proud. Yeah. And I was walking on the ship, and I thought, wow, it's so small, like the beds yeah. that they'd sleep in, like yeah. oh, they're like literally cots that were like, yeah. 
And they thought, wow, but he was so happy and so proud to be in the Navy. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I still can't yeah. believe that I slept in that little tiny, I know. like, it's, rack. It's crazy. So I love, I help a lot of, in my in my practice, right? It's one of my greatest joys is to be, to be able to help military. Oh, wow. So I help a lot of military because in most people will have some kind of, um, if not injury physically, right? Just being in the military, there's a lot of PTSD yeah. and there's a lot of <clears throat> issues with fatigue and energy issues. And so I'm really proud of my practice that I could help. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I no, love so, that. So I love, that's one of my greatest joys. And I so, my dad. I love that. I mm -hmm. love the fact that he was just so proud. He was so proud. He was so, so proud. So proud, so patriotic. And, just like he just he just loves serving. And how long did he serve for? Do you remember? How many Twenty-seven years. years. Twenty-seven yes. years. Wow. Yes, he did. And so that brought you obviously here. Mm -hmm. You said you were all over the country. Yes, right? I used to have a southern accent actually. You did? Yes. Can you believe that? No. No, I was in. The, I I remember living in the south in New Orleans and Copa, Mississippi. And you actually picked up a southern accent? I did. I used to say y'all, and if I talked to someone from the south long enough, I might say y'all again, y you know? <laughs> How long it's were you there? I was there for about six years. Oh, six years. Wow. Yeah, we, we moved around there yeah. for a couple of years, but I, I thought that was one of the reasons why I'm so flexible yeah. and adaptable, because I had to be. You had to be. Because I had to go from one yeah. school to the next, and I was always the new kid. So when I landed in Imperial Beach, when I was in seventh grade, I yeah. went to Mar Vista High School. Yeah. I was really shy because I had a Southern accent and it was the first time that I had seen so many Filipinos. It was like a culture shock to me because where I lived in the South, there weren't Filipinos, right. not in my school. There were, you were black or white yeah. and I was in the middle, yeah. you know, it was yeah. brown. brown. And so, Literally, where I sat on the bus, the white people sat in front of me, the black people sat behind me. Seriously, yeah. I was like right, right in the middle. I was right in the middle, and they didn't know where I came from. And they were like, You, they say, Where are you from? I say, I'm from Philippines. Oh, you're lying, girl. You know, you're from Japan. They would just make up things yeah. and lie and laugh and <laughs> laugh at me because they never heard of the Philippines yeah. before. So when I came to Imperial Beach, I was like, wow, there's a lot of Filipinos here. And then I was shy because I had a Southern accent. Yeah. And then people want to talk to me because I had a Southern accent. Yeah. And they never seen Filipino with a Southern accent. Wow. So that was pretty comical. And that, uh, so, th so that was seventh grade? Yes. To you, you, you've been here ever since? Yes. Well, I went to, um, I graduated from Sarah High School, and they now changed the name to Canyon Hills or something because it was, it used to be Junipero Sarah. Yeah. Tierra Santa. Tierra Santa. Okay. Right here. No kidding. Yeah. Well, I graduated from there, and I was the first graduating class of that school. Really? Yes. And I remember I was the um, yeah, I was ASB president. I was so proud uh -huh. because I, there were never there was never a woman that was you know a girl that was. And what's ASB? ASB. Associated ASB. Student Body. There we go. See, that shows how good I was in school. Right. So, and what's then I went, no, I went to UCLA for undergraduate. <laughs> I ended up going to UCLA, and then I went to UC Davis for medical school. Yeah. I did my residency. Um, All right, so hold on, hold on. Go back to high school. Right, hold on. Now, were you in Tierra Santa because that's military housing yes, over there? Yes, they had military that's housing. That's what I thought. I remember. And my dad had an Impala. He should have kept it. He had an Impala. I love that green Impala. 
It was very long and it was made you, of steel. You, it was like it, it was, was made solid. Of steel. I would it, hope. You know, and it was this it was the seats that, you know, there were six of us, right? Yeah. There were four kids. And then the and I got to sit in the middle yeah. in the front because I was the oldest. And it was and I sat between my mom and my dad when they had center seats. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. The cars that yeah. had center seats. Yeah. And I think the time that they stopped having there was one big seat. Yeah, one big seat. Across. And then the time that they split that center seat and they made the console, yeah. I swear, that's when there were more divorces. <laughs> I swear. They have you more swear divorce. by it. I swear by yeah. it. The because seat. before we used to sit closer to each other. That's true. We used to sit closer You're together. totally right. Yeah. I totally forgot and about then, that. Yeah, and, and families were closer and... And then now, yeah. yeah there was I even remember. a little. Wasn't there a little seatbelt in the middle too? Yeah. Well, eventually. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, but they didn't have it in the beginning. They did in the beginning, <laughs> but um, but I remember, I remember being with Sid, and 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 we didn't have anything to, like, simulate our brains except for talking to each other, right? Actually, and looking talking. outside, and playing games like, you know guess where those people come from in, the, in that car or, or making up words with the license plates that we would see. But we had to interact with each other because yeah. remember, we lived all over the country and I was the one that navigated my dad because we didn't have GPS. I was the GPS. Yeah. I remember when I was with nine map. years old with a map. With the Thomas Guide. No, I kid you not. Whatever it was. Because my, my mom, her first language was not English. So I read the map. I remember when I was nine years old and we would travel across the country. And, how did we and get around? I know. How, 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 how do we get around? This? I can't. But I, I can't remember. But the thing is, is that our brains were just stimulated by conversation. Yeah. By the radio. Wow. By, you know, talking what, to each other. What a concept. Singing songs and interacting. And I remember those days and I just, and I just thought, and, but I never thought, you know, maybe it was idle time, but I never thought I was like bored. You, a kid doesn't have the phone for like 30 seconds like, and yeah, they're bored. They don't know what to do. You know, it's because their mind is it's constantly being stimulated. Yes. And, you know, I worry about that. I worry, I worry about that. Oh, about yeah. What we're doing. And, and we're going to get yeah. into that more. Yeah. We're, we're going to dig into that a little bit. You don't mind if I have some no, more please. caffeine because it's really good for my brain. It feels good. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's, it's really a good, good. It's a good, smooth mm -hmm. energy. It's got about 150 milligrams of caffeine in there. It's uh, C4. I don't so work for the company, but this is a plug for my yeah. C4 energy drink with Stevia. One of the healthiest energy drinks on the market. Yes, anyway, and I like it. It's good, right? Yeah. yeah, it's got a nice little smooth energy. Yeah. All right, so so when you were in high school, mm -hmm. what made you decide to go to you went you said you went right to medical school? No, went to UCLA. You UCLA to go to college first before medical school. Okay, got it. So so what uh, what did you when you went to what? Give me the so I actually scenario. so actually I thought I wanted to I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Yeah, I actually liked journalism. Mm. So, but they didn't have a major. Can you believe in of, in journal, of journalism at UCLA? They didn't. No, I was an excellent. I was an excellent writer. What made you go to UCLA at first of all? Because I wanted to go to a really great university. You know, it's the number one public university. Yeah. Right? But I didn't want to be too far away from home. Okay. So uh, my mom was really strict with me. I, oh, you no. know, I didn't get Tiger to go. Mom. Yeah, I didn't get to go out. You know, without chaperones. Oh, they yeah. were just. You know, so I wanted to be away. I had my independence, but I didn't want to be that far. Not too far. And I just loved the UCLA campus. I mean, you could be whoever you wanted to be yeah. at UCLA. So I was really proud um, 
my daughter's going to go there this this um, this year. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh, wow. She got accepted. Yay. It's really hard. They had <coughs> over 149,000 applications. It's the most uh, accepted or most uh, applied to college in the world. In the world. So, wow. <clears throat> so I went over there and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do be of service. So I actually thought that I wanted to do teaching. So I actually taught after UCLA. I worked for my master's in public health at Northridge and I taught health education. Wow. And I was really fascinated with the human body. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is great. I could learn how the human body works and teach people about it. And then I thought, what else could I do? And then it led me to think about going into medicine. So um, I applied to medical school and I, and I was lucky enough to get into California schools and chose UC Davis yeah. because they had a really good program in primary care. I knew that I wanted to, to work with and serve the general population. I worked at a homeless clinic in Venice. Wow. Right? Um, that's when I was doing my martial arts and I lived in Venice Beach and went to Gold's Gym. I don't yes, know if you've heard of Gold's did? Gym. Yes, My boyfriend was this that's huge, like, a better, yeah. Um, the same time Arnold Schwarzenegger was there and everything, yeah. This is the mecca of bodybuilding. Yes. I can't believe been So, there. and I used to think to myself, how can they exercise for two hours on one muscle, you know? <laughs> Yep. These people, they're like so focused. Oh, yeah. So like, wow, they're going to just work on their triceps for two hours. <laughs> they do. And now I know because now I'm, I'm, I'm that's what, you yeah. know, I, I don't work out for two hours, right. 45 minutes. Yeah. But you, you can work on one muscle group. Yeah. That's but it's so just, funny. It's just really did you ever funny. see Arnold back in the day? I did not. No. I, I, my, me and my homies from back in the PB days mm -hmm. in the 90s when yeah. we were in our, in our 20s yeah. that was our big trip was we'd go up to Venice for yeah. two days and we'd literally just go to the gym like four times in two days and yeah. we'd just eat food That's we'd go to that the, yeah. the firehouse cafe yes. where yes. they had whole chickens on the menu mm -hmm. and we'd just eat with the other bodybuilders yeah. we loved, loved doing that that's fun and yeah. then how about the street performers down on the board? Oh, market? I love it, right? right. You right. could just, people watching, it's so much fun. Yeah. But, you know, at Venice, it's just so much fun. It's a crazy place. Yes. But I heard yeah. it's getting a little bit, a little, bit, a little bit seedy now. A little really? Bit I haven't, I I haven't been there in yeah. a while. So, 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 and you distinctly remember, so you, you, you dated a bodybuilder guy? I did. Oh, yeah. He was huge. <laughs> he was huge. How did that go? <laughs> we won't go too far. Enough, yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> No, it was, it was good. He was nice guy. Super nice. Oh. Super nice. You know, you know, looks looks very intimidating. Oh really? Yeah, this big white dude. This big white dude. And then then I was like kind of you know, tiny little, thing. little and you know, they call UCLA University of Caucasians lost among Asians, right? Are you that's serious? Come on. <laughs> that's what, that's what they I call didn't UCLA. know that. Yeah. That's that's at least thing. when I went there. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right, so what, at what point at UCLA did you decide that you wanted to go to medical school? It was actually after when I graduated when I was teaching. Mm, I was teaching at no Northridge. And I, and, and I was pursuing my, my master's and I thought to myself, actually I had a boyfriend who was going to medical school. And I thought to myself, huh, I can't do what he does. Yeah. He was talking to me about 
the things that he did. And I thought, hmm, I can do that. So remember, this was about, okay, you know, yeah, dating myself. This was like in the 80s. Yeah. So when I went to medical school, I started in 1989. There were still more men than women that were in medical school. Yeah. It was very, it's still very, you know, not like accepted per se, you know, there's yeah, yeah. still um, right. issues like when I was in medical school, they always assumed I was the nurse, right? Of course. Yeah, this yeah. was almost like more than 30 years ago, yeah. 35 years ago. So, you know, I've been a doctor for a long time, so I've seen things change, yes. you know, every <coughs> decade. And I think now, I think there might be more women than, than men. Is that medicine. right? I think so. Or it's just a, it's about, um, I, I thought someone had, I mentioned that I have to look at yeah. that, but I think it might be the percentages might be at least equal. But when I went, there was definitely more men than women in medicine. And what do you what do you remember for that from that time? Like, what did you love it right away? Was it really hard? I loved it because loved it. I love learning. Yeah. And that's when I I knew that I wanted to go into a field where I wasn't going to get bored, where there was always going to be something for me to learn, something for me to be better at something for me to say wow this is like fascinating and um and that's why i was so happy that i chose medicine and i would do medical school again in a heartbeat i have colleagues that would rather shoot themselves in the foot yeah. than go to medical school again <laughs> but for me it was so much fun wow it was like it was so much fun for me i just loved learning in there and yeah it was hard but it was it was what i wanted to do yeah. right and that's what i tell people if it's what you want to do, it doesn't matter how long it takes, yeah. or if it's hard. So what? It's you know, it, you're, it's it's what you want to do. And and for me, I knew it was I was I was at home. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I just uh, I I thrived and I loved it. But when I went to medical school, there were we didn't have cell phones. No. We didn't have computers. Nope. No no computers, no cell phones. Okay, so. Think about, about this. Yeah. All the projects that we did and everything we did, we wrote by hand. So if for some reason you lost it, like one of the 30 papers, you might have to do the whole thing over again. Yeah. Because you, it you wasn't know, saved on it a computer saved. It wasn't saved. And so wow. when I went to residency, that's when we started using computers. And so when I was in residency, I didn't even have a cell phone. I just had a pager. I remember they had a joke. If you had a, if you had a pager, you're either a drug dealer or a doctor, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I was the doctor, but right. But I had a pager. I too had a pager. Yeah. Mm. And I remember, I had, um, I was a really heavy sleeper, right? And I remember I would be afraid that I wouldn't hear the pager, so I'd wear a headband and I'd put the pager on my head. <laughs> Because yeah, because sometimes I would be happy if I could sleep for an hour. Yeah. Medical school is so much easier now. But when I went to medical school about thirty years ago, it was like you worked eighty to hundred hours or more wow. a week. Sometimes you didn't sleep. Like it was not healthy. No. Don't, it's not right. But sometimes you didn't sleep for you know thirty hours. Wow. Or more. Yeah. And, but now they've since outlawed that. Yeah. But so I would be afraid that oh my god I'm not gonna hear like this picture. So I remember having that and um, it was, it's, 
We do what we have to do. Put it right on your forehead. I put it on my forehead, and, and then I will remember. And then so uh, that was UC Davis, you said. Yeah, UC Davis, and then I did my residency in Long Beach. In Long Beach. Mo Long Beach Memorial, so it was uh, associated with UC Irvine. So I have three UC degrees: UCLA, UC Davis, UC Davis, and UC Irvine. So. Basically, California train. California train. Yes. So, how did you get down to San Diego? Because I had, at the time, I had my, my um, I was pregnant, my fourth year in medical school, and so I knew that my most important job was going to be a mom. I actually married my anatomy lab partner. My husband was in medical school with me, and I decided instead of going wait, straight wait, 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 say that again. You married who? My anatomy lab partner. Your anatomy lab partner right my so i had it was it was me and three guys on my my anatomy yeah. lab team yeah so uh, and i married one of the guys in the, on my team yeah no was, way yeah. yeah we're still together we just celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary Raphael. the other day yeah Raphael. yeah Raphael. we just uh, we've been together for 32 years that is unbelievable. I had no idea. I remember that you met through the medical field. No, no. He was my he was my anatomy lab partner. <coughs> he went to medical school with me. Oh, I thought we it was just together. the medical field. No, 33 years later, we're still together. Oh, that's amazing. So I was pregnant with my our first child um, when I finished medical school, and instead of going straight to internship, yeah. I decided that I was going to take the year off and be a mom. Yeah. Because for me, I know, I knew in my heart that being a mother was going to be my most important job. You knew it right oh, now. Oh, knew what? Without a doubt. Yeah. And ever since then, it's always been a balance yes. to to you know find that balance between my professional yep. and personal life. But I always knew that being a mom was going to be my most important you job. You knew it right oh, away. Oh, the first thing I had dreamt about my son two years before he was born. And I remember seeing his his face. He's, yeah. It's exactly the way how, how he looked when he was two years old. And he was reaching out to me. And he says, don't worry, Mama. I'm going to wait for you. And then he walked out. Wow. And then he came into my life two years later. No kidding. So I knew that um, I was going to raise him yeah. and focus on him because the first year of life was important. Yeah. So I did that. And then... Um, Four years later, my my son Danny was born. Yeah, and I was chief resident at the time, so it was wow. I was about to graduate from from residency, and um, and I had you know second son in tow, and then I needed to find a job, and I realized we were either going to live where family lived, yeah, which was going to be Salinas, California, yep. near Monterey Bay or San Diego, California, where my parents were, and my extended family, because you know it takes a village. Of course. So I wanted my um, my kids to be with extended family, and I was offered a job at UCSD um, at Kaiser, and I chose Kaiser because of the flexibility that I had, and you know, I just, I just really liked uh, um, that I could work part-time because my focus was going to be on my family. Yeah. Medicine is important right. and it was something, it was it was my career path that I had chosen, but I knew that, you know, I wanted to be soccer mom, girl scout mom, football mom, 
you know, work at the school, and so I did, you know, and they're like, wow, you're working as a doctor and you're stapling papers. And I'm like, yeah. yes, because I'm here with my kid, yeah. you know? Yeah. I want them to know that they're the, the most important of thing course. to me. And so... I love that. Yeah. I love it. So what uh, what position did you take at Kaiser? What was your first... Well, I was um, a staff physician and yep. I ended up being one of the physician leaders, right? Because yep. actually I wanted to work part-time, but they didn't let me at first yep. because it wasn't as flexible. I actually had to fight, you know, to work part-time. And my, I still remember my, um, the chairman saying to me, no, six times. I said, I need to work part-time because I, I want to be there for my kids. And they kept saying, no, no, no. And the seventh time I said, okay, you're going to make me choose between my work and my yeah. family and you know which one I'm going to choose. And they said, oh, okay, okay, you can work part-time. And then I ended up being one of the physician leaders and I loved my job yeah. you know, because I went into family medicine because I have relationships with my patients. Right. Right? You have a continuity of care, yes. right? As opposed to a specialist where, you know, you see a specialist and then they take care of your right. knee or your skin condition and then and you go gone. back to your family doctor. Right, yeah. Yep. For me, I wanted that, you know, cradle-to-the-grave relationship with my patients, and, and that's what I loved about family medicine, and really the focus of family medicine is prevention. Like people say, there's no specialty. Really, a good family doctor focuses yeah. on prevention and keeps you healthy. Yes. And so I was always taking people off prescription drugs and talking about lifestyle medicine. So when mm. it came for me to learn about a more holistic way to practice, yeah doing this integrative functional medicine where I'm looking at how your body can heal naturally with nutrition and sleep and exercise, right? Yep. That's, it was very natural for me to go into that because that was already my view. Yes, you already going medicine. there. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. So it was an easy transition for me to go into integrative and functional medicine. But you know, I care about being good at what I do. So I actually did a fellowship. So after I learned, after I, I trained for 13 years, right, yeah. to be a family doctor, right. I took two more years with already having four kids, working part-time at Kaiser, and then studying part-time, doing my fellowship on bioidentical hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. So I was one of the um, the, the leaders and um, um, bioidentical hormone therapy bring it to San Diego about 12 years ago. About 12 and, years ago. Yeah, and then I have my own practice so, since then. Let me ask you this question. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to, I can't wait to start digging in on that stuff, by the mm -hmm. way. But my question to you is, what was it? It was, um, oh, when you were a family doctor with mm -hmm. Kaiser, and you were actually, because, correct me if I'm wrong here, because most doctors are just prescribing pills. Right. Right? Would you agree with that? The majority of doctors are actually, like, like traditional doctors. Well, they well they learn how. That's how the. Uh, <coughs> that's what they learn to yes. do, and they have a minimal uh, a minimum amount of time. So they're doing the best that they could yeah. can do with their like seven minutes, yeah. ten minutes yeah. if they're with the patient, right? And the patient is expecting them to write them a prescription, right? right. That's what they do. They go to the doctor for that, and um, I was one of the doctors that always tried to talk people out of. Taking prescription drugs. That's my drugs. question. Is, how so, did that, so how it's did that just go? because I, I. How did that go? Like, were they like? Um, well, the thing is, I would, I, I would always run behind, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> because I wanted to talk to you patients. Were actually there to 
because I wanted to help, right? And but it took, it was it was hard because in family medicine where there's a lot of chronic disease like yeah. diabetes and yes. cholesterol and blood pressure, they expected the pill. Yes. And then they were on their way. Yeah, a lot of patients did that. And but when the patients didn't, and I could talk to them and I could convince them to you know, eat a Mediterranean-style diet and and walk for 30 minutes or exercise, you know, consistently and, you know, sleep well yeah. and, you know, learn about other things in their life to help their bodies to heal, I got behind and yeah. I realized when I did my practice now, that's what I do. Yes. So, but I'm 45 minutes an hour with the patient, so... And, and did they? Did they? Did you get in trouble for being behind? Well, give me those. Well, here's because I want to dig down on this because traditional medicine, mm -hmm. quote unquote, what is the format? I don't. We don't want you with seven to ten minutes. Keep it moving. That's the average, because that's um, that's how it's structured. But yeah. So I didn't want to practice medicine that way. So that's yes. why I left. So they. But it's really hard, right? Because San Diego, is, is over. 90% like there's HMO yeah. everywhere right and they're really good doctors there's really good but the system yeah. I didn't like okay but the doctors are really good yes. right they're, they're really good but there's limited amount that you could do in those short period of time that you have with somebody and I always tell people have a good relationship with their primary care doctor yeah. and if you don't like the doctor you're with you know you have it's your prerogative to choose somebody else but for me, um, they're doing the best that they can with the short amount of time that they have, right? Yep. So for me, I decided I needed to be better, I needed to do better, and that's why I left mainstream medicine. Because for me, it was about spending the, the time with the patient to help them understand right. um, how their body could heal naturally. So in when I was doing mainstream medicine, yes, they, they expected a prescription drug, and they didn't really care about the lifestyle and stuff because they just wanted something that was going to be the, easier for quick them, fix. Not, a quick fix. But when I went into what I do now in my private practice, people pay me cash money. Yeah. So they're motivated. Right. So it's a different. Right. It's a different um, paradigm. Right. Totally, because yes. I'm not taking their insurance, so they're paying me to help them be better. So believe mm -hmm. me, they're going to take my advice yes they're going to want to work with me to help them because they have insurance coverage for Scripps, sharp kaiser whatever they have right yeah but they're paying extra to see me because they want to be better and they want to be they want to do what they need to do yeah so they're being proactive I Makes, say, yeah, right? yeah yeah so i don't have to talk to them or convince them to eat right or exercise or the importance of sleep. I don't have to convince them of that because they've already bought into that. That's why they're seeing me. Right. Right? Yep. And so they just want me to help them heal their body naturally. So it's a different paradigm and I have that paradigm shift. So my focus is wellness. Yep. So I'm helping people to be better where they're at. Mainstream medicine, the focus is disease, is disease-oriented, yes. right? Yeah. So if you have a disease process, what medications or prescription drugs can I give you 
to help that disease process. It might not help cure it, but it might be a band-aid, but you know, it's going to help with the symptoms. So it's a different paradigm. It's a disease-oriented model, the mainstream medicine, yep. and my model is wellness-oriented. Yep. So even though you're in the so-called normal range of labs, you're not in the optimal range right. for your body, right? Because normal does not mean optimal. Correct. Normal is just like, eh, you know, you're existing, right? Exactly. But people don't want to just exist and come see me. They want to be their best. Yes. They want to be healthy. They want to feel well. Because you could not be sick, but not be well at the same time. Does that make sense? It totally does. So in my practice, I get people from from well, you know, to better or to best. Yeah. Or so so it's a it's a totally different <coughs> paradigm. It's a totally different way of thinking, and and I'm so happy to say that I can do that. And what a what a great what a great uh, I had another woman on here. Cat mm -hmm. is a very good friend of mine. They mm -hmm. actually started up a wellness clinic about two years ago. Mm -hmm. Very similar. But and we had the same very discussion. But hearing your point of view, having come from traditional right. medicine, I love this bridging the gap thing here. Right, it just bridges the both worlds. And love I, it. And I don't, you know, and I tell people, don't be hard on the doctor that's treating you just yeah. because they don't know what I know. Because you know what you know, but you don't know you, what you don't know. And so you can't be critical of others that don't know what you know, yeah. right? But right. that's why you're seeing me right. because I can help you in another way. I'm not really fond of bashing people because yeah. I love yeah. keeping positive, right? And the doctors, they're doing the best that they can with the knowledge base that they have, right? Yeah. And they can, and, and you know, God bless them for, for keeping, for doing what they do to keep you where you're at and keep you healthy, right? But what I do is something different, and I offer them something different, but the people have to work for it when they see me yeah. because they're they're exercising choosing the right um, foods having good sleep hygiene right like i didn't i didn't even um notice the the value of sleep until i did integrative and functional medicine right wow. remember i bought one of your beds and yes. i love your, your your the quality of the bed yeah. even makes a huge difference oh, yeah. right but that was part of the routine of being able to to have that good sleep hygiene which maybe a lot of people don't do when they go to a mainstream medicine doctor. If they don't sleep, they might get like a prescription drug for sleep, for Correct. example, right? But I will talk to them about the whole sleep hygiene, like the whole routine of yep. sleep and what we could do to help you get better sleep, which is like a whole slew of things. And the last thing I would do is give them, if ever, a prescription drug for sleep. Right. But the thing is that I have the time to do that because I'm, I'm with patients for 30 minutes to an hour. And so it's, it's different so you're for actually me. getting yeah. to know. So I'm getting to know them, I'm getting to know their lifestyle, and I'm getting to figure out what can be the best for them, what's gonna work for their lifestyle, right? Like if people say, you know, I can't exercise because I don't have energy, so guess what? My job is to help them have energy right. so they can exercise. Yeah. So that's what I do. Right, so I come and meet people from where they're at. And that's exactly. what's important. So and that so I can help them to be better. I love that. And, and so what would you say, percentage-wise, our population, how many people are, are on medication to, to mask something, to put a Band-Aid on something, like anxiety, depression? Oh my God, that's another thing. I will tell you that 
Talk to me about that. 80% of people that are on Prozac don't need to be on Prozac. Okay? 80%? Oh, easily, but 20% of them really do. They do. And I would never take them off. Okay. okay? Yeah. And that's just approximate. But there's so many people that, and so, but when I and see Prozac somebody. Prozac for depression. Right. And anxiety, but when I see somebody that's on anti-anxiety or antidepressants, I don't take them off of their medicines right away right. because their body might be dependent on it. So, you know, and I tell people, I don't know if you're in that 20% or 80% yet. Mm. I don't know if you, if you really need it because physiologically you might need it. But luckily, I'm the type of doctor that can help figure that out for you. Uh, a lot of, there's a, so much anxiety and depression right now, especially among teenagers that I see, you know, since COVID, right? Yeah. That COVID anxiety is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And, and I am and so... And you've noticed an uptick since COVID oh, with teenagers. Oh, 100%. And I see What's a lot of teenagers. You know, there's, it's such a complicated issue, but a lot of them have social anxiety just because they didn't get, think about it. There were kids that that missed the whole social development of junior high school because they were at home when they were supposed to be learning how to deal with their own changes in their body and their and meet and socialize with peers and they never had that. So this their social delay just with kids not going to preschool and not doing junior high and missing out on that socialization. Because school is so important for socialization. Yes. And so many kids didn't have that. So just think about it. And then they just felt inadequate because of things that they just saw on social media, right? Because, you know, a lot of social media is living the life that you want to have, not living yeah. the life you have, it's right? It's a highlight reel. <laughs> it's a highlight. It's people just show what is positive and happy in their life, right? right. That's but it. They never show you when you have a shitty day, yeah, yeah. right? Because who wants to hear about that? Right. So, so it's unrealistic. Right, yeah. that people see how other people may or may not live, and, and this is what they're comparing their own lives to, and then they don't feel well, and then they didn't get the help that they needed, right? Yeah. Because they couldn't see the doctor. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right. You couldn't even see the yeah, doctor unless see. you you had COVID or you're dying, and then. So it's just like there's just so there was just so much that was missing in in the healing. So people couldn't even see counselors or do therapy unless they did it by Zoom. And there's a lot that's lost in a communication when it's not face-to-face. Face-to-face. That, that me was and you. Yeah. Where I could see you and I could see your reaction. You could feel energy. I feel. And people, um, you know, I, I read about the text generation where people are texting. You know, they're breaking up on text. They're quitting on text. Yeah. You know, people don't even, you know... No. They don't have um, the social skills. And so, of course, it's going to lead to a lot of social anxiety. And so, the, so two years later, now they're seeing doctors and they're, and they're anxious, so they're putting them on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicines that they may not need. Right. But that's what they're, they, they need right now because they want to make sure they don't hurt themselves or hurt others. Yeah. Right? So you can't ever, you can't ever dismiss when someone's not well. Mentally. Ah, right, right. You can't emotionally. Just... You can't say, oh, you're <clears> fine. <throat> fine is a four-letter word. I tell my kids, I've asked them how they do, you better not say fine. <laughs> because then I know you're not good. 
That's that's so true. Five, that's a cop out. That's a cop out yeah. to I don't really want to talk about how I feel right now. Leave me alone. You're right. And I hate that. So they're not allowed to say that. I need more. And yeah. when you hear a kid say fine, you better think again. You better say, okay, you better go get into it. Dig a little deeper. You better. Better do. Yeah, you're fine. get them help. No, fine a is a four letter word. No. It does not. It's not fine. Things are not you're just so, You're fine. so right about that. Yeah, but it's um, it's too easy to let social media and TikTok and everything babysit our kids, right? Right. To like, occupy their time, and they're they're never bored because their mind is consistently Constantly. stimulated. So they don't they have lack of desire for other things. It's crazy. Yes, we can People be. can get lost. People can get lost. Like, you know, I had a, a girlfriend who told me, oh, my God, two hours later, I'm still on TikTok. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You know, just uh, stop it already. So, and so for me, I like the one-on-one -one interaction yeah. with people. You know, so I like breaking bread with people. I like for sure. Eating and, Absolutely. and socializing. We, that's why my wife loves you because yeah. we got out to dinner with you a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. That's I love, the greatest. That's, you know, and, and dancing. I was like, oh, yeah. over the weekend, I was dancing with people and it was just fun. It was yeah. just, you know, and not afraid that I'm touching them while I'm right. dancing. You know, we're bumped into each other. Oh my God. You know, no, we're not six feet apart. You yeah. know, it's, it's crazy. And so give me the speaking of six feet apart and speaking of masks and all that stuff. What do you think is the, what, what, how do you think this is going to unfold in the next several years? Let's talk about the children that have been oh. masked up, been at home, on Zoom, especially the mask thing in school for the past two years. Well, you know that. Where do you think this is going to go? Do you think we've seen the, the repercussions of this? Do you think it's going to play out over years? Well, I think what's going to, well, we have a lot of kids that are socially inept, yeah. basically. Yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. So. Those kids need to be more socialized. When you can't, I mean, they've actually changed developmental milestones for children. They have. Because they can't, it's delayed because kids are not seeing faces of adults because of the mask. Right. So they don't know, they don't understand emotion. Yeah. Because they can't see can't it. Can't see it. They, can't, they haven't seen it. So it's, it's um, I worry about, of course, I worry yeah. about that because I worry about them emotionally because we're supposed to, you know, we, the, the emotions that they know are the emojis that they see, yes. right? But not real people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you need to see real people's faces. So um, in California will probably be one of the first states where it's, the pandemic is an endemic now right yeah. where it's just everywhere okay it's just a cold people <laughs> so yeah is our life just yeah. it's just a cold now yeah. so just you know yeah, live. let's live and move on and, and don't be afraid don't yeah. be afraid don't be afraid i say don't be afraid because everybody that i'm looking around there's still a ton of people wearing masks yeah, they're afraid you know and, by themselves um, outside in yeah cars. I mean, why are you wearing a mask in your car <laughs> yeah or outside by yourself Guys. i know why why are you doing that i don't know it's the it's, fear it's mongering a, yeah the and i don't and i don't want to live in fear no i don't i really don't yeah so um i know um 
for me, when people see me face to face in my office, they don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm good. But I just, um, you know, I still respect people's choices. Right. They, they can do what they want because I, I respect people's choices. Um, and, but I don't want to live in fear. And I think it's just been a very big disservice for for us right now to to live in fear. Yeah. So I hope that we can just move forward from that. I, I, and um, 100%. And be more social with each other. 100%. And not be afraid. Faith over fear. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Faith, faith over, faith, ladies and right? listen to me. Faith yeah. over, stop 100%. being afraid. It's okay. Have that faith. It's okay. It's just a cold, people. It is a cold. It's just a cold. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> you know, you know, I was hoping I got the Omicron, and I never did. I was like, oh, I my wish family, I had. My whole family. I wish I, 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 I know. I just, just, just get it over with, yeah. and then, then you're good. It's like another flu or cold that we had. Yeah. Big deal. Check mm-hmm. it off. Move forward. Drink lots of water. Take no, your vitamin it's, D. It's good. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because the fear. You know, yeah, the, the fear will get they, will literally. They proved that there was more fear-based deaths from COVID than actual because people were afraid and fearing it and manifesting it. Yeah, and that's not, the thing. And yeah, and not to say if you're really sick, seek help, right? Yeah. I don't want you to, to feel like if you're really sick that you shouldn't see a doctor. Seek help. You know, I'm a doctor and I always come from a place of health, but I've just seen too much fear and I've just seen people um, forget about just common sense things, right? I don't even what I don't even know why they call it common sense because it's just not, it's not so that common. common. It's just not that common. It's completely uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. And so with your practice, um, what, what, what kind of shifts have you seen since you've been with the integrative practice? Obviously because of COVID, there was some major, even you're seeing a lot more patients that have anxiety. Oh yeah, right? so stress. many people with anxiety and stress. It's a real thing. The COVID stress, the COVID anxiety is real. Yeah. And you know, I just meet people where they're at. I don't judge people for how they feel or, or you know, where they're at, I just know that I can help them to be better. And what's the what's the number one uh, like uh, way that you get somebody that's been on antidepressant uh, uh, medication mm-hmm. or anxiety when you meet them where they are? You said eighty percent of people taking that stuff are, pro- are pro- don't really need don't it. actually need it. Yeah, you... so I can get them off of it, but right away I don't take them off of it, right? right. So, so what do you do when someone a comes lifestyle in, plan? Of, yeah. um, we talk about nutrition, <coughs> exercise, sleep. And then I have I use peptides and supplements and mm. the natural hormones yes. to help people have their body work optimally and be stronger emotionally and physically. And I was able to do it myself, and I help people. Like one of my greatest joys is helping people to lose weight. Mm. When people have extra weight, yeah. it it wears on them wears emotionally on. and physically. And so um, when people are not comfortable in their own skin. They just don't feel comfortable emotionally, right? So when women have mood changes from periods or from menopause changes or just from having a baby, right? It's a real thing when they you have the postpartum blues. Right. If it extends for more than three months, that's not normal. And so that's when I help people. And a lot of those women, they end up taking, you know, antidepressants or anti-anxiety um, uh, medicines when instead I could just help them with natural plant-based hormones to supplement their body with what their body's depleted and needs 
so they can feel like themselves again. So it's a, you know, I check blood work. I was going to say, you start with the blood work. Yeah, I start with the blood work and I check your hormone levels so I can look at you objectively, right? And then based on your lifestyle and whether or not you need to lose weight we, or, or not, or you just want to have more lean muscle. Like some, some people, they don't care about their weight. They just want more lean muscle. Because yeah. guess what? When you have more lean muscle, you're building... Um, and you're building muscle, you burn fat Correct. while you're sleeping. That's right. You And, and you just have more energy, yeah. right? Yeah. So sometimes I just need to help people just be in better physique, and we can do that with um, the biohormones or with supplements and peptides, and I help them help their body to heal naturally and work more optimally. And so the peptides, give me a little bit about that, because I've taken some peptides over the past couple of years, which peptides are natural in the body already, and from what I understand, they will um, inhibit the your normal production of certain like growth hormones, stuff like that, testosterone. Can you get into peptides a little bit? Well, the peptides are basically customized amino acids. Okay. So they're yep. amino acids, and the essential amino acids means that your body doesn't make them, right. so you have to supplement. And, but what they do is that they help your cells to work more effectively and it helps actually, you can take peptides to help your own growth hormone, yep. right? Yep. Increase your growth hormone naturally. Because as we age, our growth, growth hormone will deplete and go lower with age. So when you take some, some peptides that increase your growth hormone naturally, you're not taking any growth hormone. You're just helping your body produce more growth hormone and help your body um, like just age gracefully and get stronger and get leaner, but not you don't necessarily need growth hormone. So I will give people peptides so that they could be stronger and you know they have more energy to work out, they make more lean muscle. They, they lose weight, they have better focus, concentration, they have better sex, you know, all of those things. I mean, one of my, my favorite um, peptides is, is one that helps women with multiple orgasms and helps Ooh. men with erections. Yeah, hey. I should have brought you some. Hey. <laughs> Next time I'll bring it. Hey. I will do a show on that. Not yeah. that we need any The, the sex shot. It's always the, the sex the, shot, you yeah, say? It's the sex shot. The it's sex PT-141. Shot. It's great. It's, a horror, it's actually a, a peptide that helps, um, it's like a natural fiber, wow. yes. And it's- Listen um, up, ladies and I gentlemen. I know, right? Huh? The so, sex shot yeah. by Dr. Melinda Silva. Yeah, they could come in, come to my office. If, they, what, if the, they told me that they saw you, I'll give them one for free. And, what? Yeah. A sex shot? Real dough, yeah. Oh boy. I'm not responsible, <laughs> by the way. If something- They come home. They come in more ways than one. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. And so, where is your office, by the way? Is it Chula Vista? It's in East Lake. East Lake. Yes, East Lake. Which is, um, I love it. It's close to where the, um, they used to have the Olympic training center, yeah. right? So, yep. world class athletes from all over the world used to come to East Lake and, and, and train yeah. Yeah. and to get stronger. And uh, my office is, is there next to the lake. Oh, that's great. Yes, you, you have the view of the mountains and the lake yeah. right there. And, it's really easy to get to off the 125, so and, I love it. And so the peptides, which one, which one is the, besides the sex shot, yes. what's the most popular? 
Is well, the most, well, well, that's a popular one, but I think the most popular one is going to be the CJC and the Marlin. Yeah. So that's going to help build your growth hormone naturally. And growth and hormone. Educate a little bit on growth hormone, just so people understand how important it is to have a good growth hormone production in your body. Well, growth hormone is usually made during sleep. Right. So people that have broken sleep, or you don't have good sleep, or you have you don't have sound sleep, right? You're not getting that REM sleep. You're not only making um, growth hormone. You're not making a lot of your hormones, and that's why people will wake up feeling tired, mm. right? And um, so for me, making sure that people get good sound sleep, and they make your, you make your hormones usually between two and five in the morning. Okay. So if you're waking up during that time you might not have adequate amount of hormones, so then you're not gonna be as alert and awake in the morning as you could be, right? And another hormone that is responsible for um, the sleep-wake cycle is gonna be cortisol. And the problem is, is that when people have too much stress, their cortisol gets burnt out. So there's what we call a circadian rhythm with yes. cortisol, which means that in the morning, the cortisol level is highest so that when you have, um, when you wake up in the morning and the cortisol level goes up, you're supposed to wake up. And then in the evening, when you're supposed to go to bed, the cortisol level is supposed to drop so you can fall asleep. But when people have stress, that circadian rhythm is all off. Ah. So people could have cortisol highest in the morning, um, when, um, or, or not, it, it, it's depleted, so then, yeah in the morning so they're feeling tired still yeah. and it could be highest at night when it's supposed to be low and low. they're awake and they can't go to sleep so so the the hormones have to work in concert with each other so if you're having the other hormones working then at night when you're having good sleep and your body is making hormones then you're going to have optimal amounts of growth hormone right mm. it's supposed to be highest in the morning so that's why it's good to work out first thing in the morning, because that's when your ah. your levels of hormones of testosterone and cortisol and growth hormone. And so if you can, you know, a lot of people they work or they take kids to school, and it's really hard to to do that. But I'll even do I have a Peloton. I'll do like a 15 minute hit in the morning. Like I don't have a lot of time, but if I can even get like five minutes in, you yeah. know, ten minutes anything. in, anything it doesn't matter. You don't even have to take off your pajamas. Just do something, five minutes, seven minutes, that will um, set you for the day, right? And they say one of the best things to do is use natural light in the morning to wake you up, right? Right. So if you if you live somewhere where you you don't have a lot of natural light in the morning, we're lucky we're in San Diego, we can just go outside, right? Um, but you could buy one of those natural light lamps and just put that on in the morning and wake yourself up to increase your um, your cortisol levels so your body knows it's time to, to get going, right? Yep. And um, most people will use like caffeine or something like that. But it's good to try to do to do the natural things. Do that and um, drink some water and do a like five, seven minute hit. And I promise you, you will feel so much better. Just that one little thing. Just that one little thing. And people will say, well, I don't have enough energy to exercise. The thing is, is Energy begets energy, right? Yeah. So we're balls of energy. If we don't move, we're not going to move. You're not going to have energy. 
Exactly. You, 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 have you have to move. To, you have to move to get energy. Right. <laughs> so I tell people you have to move to move, to want more energy. So even if it's like five minutes, and I tell people the hardest minute of exercise is the first. First minute, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Once you get going, then it's going to be easier because there are a lot of times when I don't feel like exercising. Like my exercise has to be really efficient because remember I'm working, yeah. right? It's like. Yeah. When people do fitness competitions, that's a full-time job for them. I'm lucky if I have 30, 45 minutes in the day, right? right? So it has to be efficient yeah. for me. If it's not efficient, then I might not get to work out that day. And then yeah. I'm not going to be happy. Right. So I'll make, a, I'll make a point to do that. And, yeah. and, and that's so important mm -hmm. to, to note that. To note that. Fifteen, twenty. Yeah, 30, whatever you have, minutes, whatever you have, make a difference. Yeah, you don't have to say I want to work out for two hours. You're never yeah. going to do that. Right. But if you could say I'm going, I'm going to do ten minutes or fifteen minutes. You know what? Then you're going to get results because yeah. exercise is cumulative. Yep. Even if you do like ten minutes in the morning and then fifteen minutes after work, it's cumulative. It's going to be you know the energy in, energy out, yep. right? When make you take it, it you, you just have to make uh, it a routine. Make it a routine. Because once you get the routine, then you're going to feel yeah. guilty if you miss it. Mm -hmm. You know, or it's... or better yet, work out with somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Yes. That's why I have a trainer. <laughs> yeah, accountability is everything. Oh man, that's why I have a trainer because they're like, "Where are you? I'm yeah. waiting for you," and they're they're going to be with you. Um, yeah, accountability yeah. is everything. I, I always I love the uh, the group fitness gyms. Yeah. You know, my wife and I went to her. She still goes to hardcore fitness. I go once in a while. It's mm -hmm. the greatest environment because you surround nice. yourself with about 15, 20 people. They're going berserk. The music's high. You can't yeah, help but be motivated. Right. But you're there because you, you want to socialize and you want to be with other people. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you, you're, you don't want to let them down either. Exactly. It's easy to let yourself down. But not so easy to let others That's down. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> my dad always used to tell me that. If you can't do something for yourself, do it for someone else. Do it for someone else, yeah. Do it for someone else. And so, you know, for me, um, there were times, you know, since he passed and I didn't want to exercise, I could actually see him poking me in the morning. He used to call me baby, yeah. you know, because that was actually my God-given name, baby oh, Melinda. That's my first name on my no birth certificate. No way. Are you yes. serious? So my family still calls me baby. You no know? way. Yeah. So it's, I had to drop it when I went to medical school. I was like, I'm not going to have baby on my license. <laughs> So I dropped it. Uh, my first, my legal name is Baby. No baby. way. So he, um, he always called me Baby until he died. And I remember when he passed, and there were some mornings I just didn't want to wake up. Yeah. You know? Because we all have those days. Of course. We all have those days when yeah. we're like, you know what? I just want to put the covers over my head and just lay in bed. And he poked me. And he said, Come on, baby, you could do this. Yeah. He would just poke me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So even when he wasn't around, he was still my like number one fan. I love, that. I love that. Now, so. what would you say as far as the number one, you, you talk about hormones a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So with, let's talk about females, women. Mm -hmm. Women, at what point um, are hormones just going south? Things are like all out of whack. Is it a certain age? Well, you know, it's interesting because hormone um, balance happens throughout a woman's life. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen teenagers who have bad periods, cramping, anxiety, wow. and I balance their hormones, and then their periods are normalized, and they don't have mood changes. Yeah. They have a change into like this evil twin, and women who after pregnancies, or people that are having a hard time getting pregnant, 
and the hormones help them to get pregnant. Mm. Or people that um, are going through menopausal changes, but they're not quite menopause. So they're not just, the hormonal changes happen throughout women's lifetime. And if you're having like really bad periods or PCOS or yeah. endometriosis, you know, or fibroids or menstrual migraines, for example, and even in men, I've cured men's migraines just with balancing their hormones, yeah. right? Um, so the hormonal changes can happen throughout a woman's life. Uh, it's typical that I will see a woman when their hormones are starting to change after they have babies. Yeah. And it, it totally changes their quality of life. Like my husband says, when mama's not happy, nobody's happy, yeah. right? Because <laughs> the woman sets the tone for the family. Totally. So if she's not good, then other people aren't, you know, the, the family not may not yeah. be as good yeah. as well. Mama, so, the woman is the nucleus and yeah. everything feeds off there. The energy, yeah. the, the tone, energy and the, the tone. dynamic. Right. So um, when I was going through changes, my husband was like, do what you need to do, babe. You got, yeah. I want you to, it was so supportive because he knew that I wasn't myself, but he knew it wasn't because I stopped loving him yeah. or there was an issue with us. It was the issue was with me. And I recognized that and I needed to get help for us, but I needed to do the work, yeah. right? I needed to get the, get, um, the help from people that could get me on the right path of wellness. And that's what I did. And because I did it for myself, I was able to do it for others. And what's the most common hormone for a woman that you immediately well, optimize? Well, the, the, the first hormone to go south for women is progesterone. Progesterone, okay. That's the happy hormone. Yeah. So women don't have that. They can't sleep. They don't have energy. They're not happy. Yeah. And then the next one to go down is usually testosterone. And yeah. then they don't want sex. They have vaginal dryness. They have less lean muscle. They have fatter on their belly. And then estrogen. Most women are estrogen dominant. But because um, I am happy to, uh, to, to help with the supplementing their progesterone, that can help them with a lot of the mood changes and the weight. So a lot of women, when they start having hormonal changes, they can't lose weight or they can't maintain the weight loss. And yeah. They yo-yo. They yo-yo up and down. So it's just really important to have a balance. And when we're able to balance them, then it's easier for them not only to lose weight, but then to keep the weight off. And then that's what I do. And, and so the, the progesterone, I use the bioidentical progesterone that's yeah. made from plant. So this one actually reduces a woman's risk for breast cancer. Having said that, I never tell a woman that you'll never get breast cancer because one out of eight women in this country get breast cancer, yeah, right? right? All I could say is that for the hormones that I give them doesn't cause breast Got cancer, it. right? Yeah. As opposed to the synthetic hormones can actually cause breast cancer. I don't ever do any of the synthetic hormones. Right. But there are a lot of people that don't know that there's a difference. True. They think a hormone is a hormone, but it's totally not right. It's there's differences in hormones. And, and explain the difference between the bioidentical and, and synthetic. So the bioidentical are, are plant-based. Yep. And they're made to look identical to the hormones your body makes. The synthetic hormones, like the most popular one, is Premarin and Provera. Premarin is Premarin pregnant mare's urine. So it's synthesized from the urine of a pregnant horse. Wow. Not like 
your own hormone. Yeah. It's totally synthetic, but it kind of looks like your hormone. Yeah. But so you can imagine if you're taking too much of it, or you're, or you don't have receptors in your body for horses' urine. Yeah. Okay. So your body doesn't know how to deal with that. Okay. Right. So the perfect example that I could give you is that when you don't want to have a uh, um, pregnancy, you can take the birth control pill, right? Yeah. The progestin in the birth control pill is a synthetic progesterone, and it's what we call category X. Yeah. That means you don't take it when you're pregnant, right? It right. prevents pregnancy, and if you're pregnant, then you gotta you gotta stop that right away because it can cause um, birth defects. Yes. Right. But when a woman can't get pregnant, when she wants to get pregnant, what do they give her? They give her progesterone. Now it sounds like progestin, yeah. but it's a totally different hormone. Right. Unfortunately, mainstream medicine may use those terms interchangeably, but progesterone helps a woman to get pregnant and it's called category B, meaning it's safe when a woman is pregnant. Okay? Yes. Yep. So, that means it's if it's safe for the woman when she's pregnant while the woman is while the baby's growing developing, then we know it's not dangerous to the growing fetus, right? Right. So then we know that that's not harmful for the baby or the mom. That's progesterone. That's the one I'm giving them. I'm giving them the one that's that's safe. The progestin, which yes. is category X, that's the one that's in the typical menopausal hormone therapy medicines. Oh, really? Yes. It goes from birth control pills, and then they give you the hormone therapy, which is the synthetic. I do not do that. That's in a different category. I use the bioidentical plant-based hormones. And even a lot of doctors don't know that there's a difference. Yeah. So they will say, why are you taking this hormone? It's dangerous. But they don't understand that it's not the same hormone as the synthetic hormone. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But most, a lot of doctors don't know that there's a difference. So they confuse the patient. So of course, if the doctor's confused, the patient's going to be confused, right? Yeah. Because they don't know that there's a difference. So, so a patient might get differing views from doctors. But remember, you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. Totally. Right? The thing is, I know what they know because I went to medical school in California. Yeah. But if you don't have the training that I have, then you don't know what I know. Yeah. And, and so you're and saying like the traditional medicine, they're going to give, they're going to give that, that hormone that's the synthetic. Yeah, that's the traditional hormone therapy. Yeah. Is the synthetic hormone. That's a little scary. Yes, Premarin was the number one drug in the world before the Women's Health Initiative. So there were more prescriptions sold for Premarin than any other drug in the whole world. In the whole world. Yes. And then there was a study that showed that the Premarin Provera um, combination increased risk for heart disease, stroke, and breast cancer. That's why they, instead of taking it off the market though, they just half the dose, they decreased the dose and said you can only take it for five years because the study showed after seven years is when they had the problems. Wow. So I tell people, why even go down that path? Yeah. When you have a choice, the choice that I have, which is a natural um, hormone therapy that doesn't have those risk factors. But the problem is, People don't know that there's a difference. Yeah. So they're thinking the hormones I'm giving them falls into that same category as the synthetic hormones. Right, but they don't. But they don't. And so a hormone is not a hormone. 
See, that's incredible. But, but they don't know. But this is, It's just because you don't know. So thank God for people like you that are putting it out there and letting people, you know, educating people so that they know. They just did a feature on me, actually, on, on the doctors. Yeah. It was it aired last month. It's actually going to air again on April 19th. Nice. Yeah, so, and, and I, talk about, I talk about my fitness journey, and I talk about, you know, taking the supplements, peptides, and the hormones, yeah. and how I can get stronger. But people just have to know that there's a choice. So I empower patients with that choice, basically. And, and so I want to also talk about testosterone, uh -huh. because you mentioned it was the number two hormone uh -huh. for women. So, and I think a lot of women watching this or listening to this, I happen to know about uh -huh. this because of my friends that own the clinic and they educated me also. But please talk a little bit into that. Like, it's no, a myth that no women one, don't yeah, need. Yeah, no one would think that a yeah. woman needs testosterone. Oh, most definitely. Or has it? So, has it. what makes you a man and what makes me a woman, right? We have the same pathways in our body yeah. for hormone. But the last hormone for both of us is estrogen. Right. That's the pathway. Men and women make estrogen. Men and women make testosterone. The testosterone turns into estrogen in our bodies. But what keeps you a man is 90% of it is going to stay as testosterone and 10% is going to go to estrogen. What keeps me a woman is 10% is going to stay as testosterone and 90% is going to go into estrogen. Ah. So, and the issue is, is when we get older, the women stop making estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone when they go into menopause or even after 35 is when yeah. the hormonal changes start happening. That's it. That's what I said. That's 35. it. Okay. After 35, you're going to start having these, these changes. It'll right? go down and down and, and down. And it's going to go down. So if you don't replace it, then your body's not going to have it because your body's not going to make any more. It's like the factory's closed. Yeah. So men will typically replace with testosterone, but it's a, woman, it's a myth that women need testosterone, but women don't need testosterone, but they do. Women need testosterone. Yeah. That's why if you go in a nursing home, more women than men will have the fragility fractures, meaning the hip fractures, because testosterone helps keep your bones stronger. Wow. And men have 10 times the testosterone as women do. Yeah. So that's why the men don't have as many hip fractures. Mm -hmm. They don't have hip fractures like women do, yeah. because your bones are not as strong. And men will have more as a baseline, and then they're more likely to replace it if they need it. Yeah. Whereas women, they think they don't need it, so they don't replace it, then their bones get brittle. But testosterone receptors are in the brain, so you have a lower risk of dementia if you have more testosterone. And I'm afraid of dementia, yeah. so I'm going to make sure I have testosterone on board. Yeah. Not just to make lean muscle, like I couldn't make muscle, right? right. Uh, unless I had a, a healthy, optimal testosterone level. Now, I don't ever super dope anyone. I see a lot of athletes, yeah. but I just want them to be in physiologic range, right? Right, optimal so that, range. Optimal range, so that they can build their own muscle naturally, right? Yeah. But I don't super dope people with testosterone and, and, and stuff that makes them stronger, right? We just want them to be optimal. We right. want them optimal to be in the normal range, right, that they should be in. But having said that, if you have less amount of the testosterone and you have testosterone receptors in your brain, and you have less amount, well then yes, you're gonna have more issues with memory issues and dementia. Okay. So the testosterone helps keep your brain focused and strong and, and keep your um, 
keep your motivated and confident. So I will see a lot of men and women with lower confidence and motivation because they don't have enough testosterone. Then I give them the testosterone and voila, they have more motivation. They're like that lion behind you. Yes. They're like strong, they're right. confident, right? But when they don't have testosterone, they're more meek. Yeah. And they're, not, they're more timid, right? Yes. So it, that's where the difference and what happened. Sorry, I'm, looking looking at, at, I'm looking at my videographer yeah. because, because I've been trying to get him to go to my clinic. Come like, You like, have a clinic? He's like, well, well the, no, the wellness clinic. Oh, okay. Time. I was going to say. Yeah, I was, I was like, going to say. Like, I'm well, depressed. He's like, well, what, what, what's, the, what's the downside? So the downside is you continue to have the testosterone of a woman. Yeah. Woman. yeah. You don't need that. Do you like having don't the worry. testosterone of a woman? I'll take care of you. What's your name? Is it Chris? Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris come and see me. You're fellow I'll take care of you. All right, will do. I'll take care of you. This is an I'm Asian gonna, clinic. Yeah, this no, is it's not an Asian clinic. No, it's I'm just not. messing around. Well, I'll take care of you, all right, Chris? You can trust right. me. Because I got you. I, I got know. you. I'll trust well, you. I don't trust JD. See, see, the <laughs> thing is, is that it, it is important, though, to go to a place where they are credentialed and they have the training. Because, unfortunately, there are places where they're not looking at you medically. Like, I'm surprised when I see patients from, from some places, they haven't checked certain levels. Yeah like estrogen in men, and you have to check estrogen in men. And a lot of places may or may not do that. And so for me, I always come from a place of health. So oh, yeah. people know when they come to see me, I'm going to make sure that we're coming from a place of health. Um, and that's important. Yes. So, um, yes, yeah, so the, like, the testosterone, we don't want to give too much. You have to be, I tell people, it's like Goldilocks. It has to be just right. So let me ask you on that So note. when I'm good at doing that, though, because that's my training, so you can so in some places they give too much and too much of something's not good either. Yeah. You don't want to give too much right. of it. Right. So you it has to be just right because testosterone in men, if you have too little or you have too much, you're irritable. Mm. And you can be angry. Yeah. And irritable and mean. Yeah, not good. Oh yeah, I call grumpy old man syndrome is low testosterone. <laughs> or too much testosterone. So you have to be just right. So for me, I'm good at keeping you balanced and just right. And so and that's what that, I do. On that note, Melinda, what about the females, the women mm -hmm. that have gone too far, that are competitors, they're bodybuilders? I have to ask you this yes. question. And they have deep voices. Yeah, don't do that. What? How did they get there? It well, because they do too much. Can you they reverse don't... it? What's the well, it's, it's, it's going to be done? hard to reverse if for some of them. I've heard they've so, messed up their axis because yeah, they went way too far. It's too far. I don't do that. I'm and not, they, they're do doing that. the heavy stuff, though, usually, right? Yeah. Not just testosterone. Well, they're they're just not doing testosterone. They're doing the steroids, the anabolic steroids, the other steroids. And, and on this note, like it's Like cholesterol, oxandrolone, whatever. Like, you could do oxandrolone, but, but you could do a lower dose. And, and I, could do a, I could do a lower dose for people. Yeah. It's safe. Yeah. So you don't have the side effects. So it's all about balance. Yeah. So for me, that's what I'm trained in, though. I'm trained in people keeping people balanced. Right. I'm not going to give too much of anything for anyone and because I come from a place of health, and I'm a medical doctor, and I care about that. Exactly. So my question to you here is, and I'm glad you just brought it up because you said you, you, they're doing anabolic steroids. Right. Which is what I call superhuman stuff. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Right. So the like by by doing. HRT or uh, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, bioidentical, is that considered doing steroids? Is it the same well, thing? They, is it they, similar? Well, they consider that. Consider that. Yeah. A lot of people ask me about it's that. It's because this is, the, this is what you need to know, J.D. Yeah. 
is that too much of a good thing is not good. Right. So testosterone by itself is not bad. But when you give too much of it, yeah. it's not good. Like I saw people in my clinic where, you know, because I, I see a lot of like jujitsu, right? I see a lot of people that compete, right. um, MMA, MMA fighters. And they're coming in with testosterone in the thousands. Right. The, those are my patients that, yeah. that I see. They're coming to see me because now they've messed up their axes and they don't feel well. And i got to fix them, right? Yeah. So I never let them get to that point because right. that's not my goal. Remember, my goal is wellness. Oh, yeah. My yep. goal is for you to be the best version of yourself. But that doesn't mean that you need to overdose on anything, yeah. especially the hormones. So I don't overdose people. And there's a systematic way that we do that. We check levels, we start you on therapy, and we follow you. Right. But we don't just give it to you willy-nilly. We need to make sure... See where, where you're at. See where you're at. Yep. And that's what's important. And how often do you do blood panels with well, your patients? I'll, I'll, I'll see them first, and then I'll start them on therapy, and then I may check them six to eight weeks from there. And then if they're good, usually they're good, then it's just twice a year. And I do everything affordable. Like my comprehensive, um, like my routine hormone panel may cost like $200. And I, keep, and I haven't changed my prices in 12 years. Wow. Well, Right? Yeah. Because I care about people. So I, I try to keep it accessible for people. You yeah. know, and I, and I keep it affordable. I keep the therapies affordable. Because for me, it's about taking care of the everyday person. I'm a big supporter of the police foundation. I take care of teachers. I take care of military. You know, and, and a lot of those people don't have a lot of disposable income. For me, I want to make sure that we take care of the people that take care of us. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. So that's what I do. So. In my clinic, I, I, I don't have, like, even though I have a concierge practice, they don't have to pay into that. I don't charge, like, a concierge fee yes. that people charge, right. like, a monthly or a yearly fee. Yeah. I don't do that. You know, you pay for things that you use, and I don't overdose people on supplements, and I'm not fond of pushing people on supplements that they don't think that they need. I tend to be more on the conservative side, because remember, I want your body to, to, yes. to heal naturally. So for me, it's about just getting you to the healthiest point that you can be, but it doesn't have to, you know, cost an arm and a leg, basically, right? right? Exactly. So, because totally. I care about people. I used to work in a homeless clinic in Venice, right? I volunteered. Yes. So for me, I actually went into medicine to help people. So now I could do this this therapy, and I could keep it affordable for people because I can, you know, because yeah. I own it. Exactly. So, I love it. And so, um, so let me ask you this question here, real quick. Um, and, and I'm going to kind of, because we're, we're going to land the plane here soon, so I want to get some, some beautiful knowledge from you being a mother of four, right. having a very successful, thriving practice, one which requires a lot of your time. Yes. Your husband is also a doctor. Yes. Who works quite a bit, I'm assuming. Well, he works at Kaiser, and Kaiser, he does yep. work at, um, he's one of the physician leaders as well, and, um, you know, and they're, and they're all about lifestyle there, so they have a, they're, you know, more flexible and more family-oriented, yep. but you're right, being a doctor, you don't stop working when you leave, right? Right. Exactly. You have to look at emails, you have to look at things for patients, you know, it's, it's, you have responsibilities that leave, that don't stop when you leave the clinic. Yep, exactly. So it's a, if, know, it's if a you truly deal. care. If you care about people, <laughs> right, which exactly. I do, right? 
like I called some patients on Saturday yeah. and they're like, wow, you're calling me on Saturday actually because I care about you. <laughs> I want to make sure you're okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Love yes. That. You know, and, but that's, but I went into medicine because I care about people. Yeah. I love know? that. And I'm here to serve them. And so, all right. So what I'm going to do here is we're going to finish this up by asking you a couple of questions to get some worldly knowledge from you. Okay. First one is about uh, how do you, with four kids, a practice that requires a lot of time, for all of the parents listening here that have children that are that are just going through the grind, that it's hard to manage, how do you, how do you, how do you balance the time with work and your children and still give them everything you've got, but mm-hmm. not what's left over from work? Does that make sense? Right. Like how? Because you, I know, I watch your family on social mm-hmm. media. You have the most incredible family. Your mm-hmm. kids are amazing. We were at your daughter's, uh, what's it called? Quinceanera. Quinceanera. Whatever. I probably butchered that. But we were there. We were proud to be a part of it. And we just noticed the love right. the, that you guys are just a tightly knit unit. So give me some worldly knowledge on how, to, for parents listening, how do you manage the, the balance over time? Like, what has been your secret? Well, I will tell you. Or your mindset. Well, it, it is a philosophy that I ingrained in my kids Give it to me. about values, mm-hmm. family values, and our cultural values. So I was the Kool-Aid mom. I wanted my kids' friends to come to our house so that they could know what our values were. Love that. Because remember, I'm a young baby boomer, right? I'm going to be 59 this year. Yeah. So I grew up with family values. I grew up with having dinner together spending quality time together. So you may not, because we're so busy, you may not say, you know, I don't have all this time to spend my, with my kids, but you have quality time that you could set aside that's a priority. So like our priority time is dinner time. He's making sure that people are there together, we break bread together, you know, whether you pray together, you eat together, you work out together, like one of our favorite things to do is go hiking, a family hike, when we're together in nature, because nature also gives you that sense of solace and, um, and peace, and spending that quality time together. It's about the quality time that when you're together, you're mindful and you're present. Mm. I remember one of my kids, and I'll never forget this. I was like really busy uh, making dinner. And, you know, I wanted to make sure dinner was perfect for the kids. And and I was getting everything prepared. And my little kid was looking up at me. And he was trying to talk to me. And I'm like, hold on, honey. I just need to finish this, right? And he said, Mama, I want you to listen with your eyes. And that really hit me hard because he wanted to look at me. He wanted me to know that what he was saying to me at that time. And I tell him, I tell my my kids, you have been my greatest teachers. I am better because of you. Because I want to be the best mom that I could be for you. And so for me, it was really important that my kids knew that they were my number one. And when kids just need to be loved, they don't need all these fancy, like, I never gave my kids, even though we had the means, they didn't have the latest of whatever, just because they could have it. Because I wanted them to to know the value of a dollar, and I didn't want them to take things for granted. Mm. 
And what I gave to them, and this is what I want all your parents to know, is that they just want your love. Yeah, more than That's anything. That's all, more than anything. They don't, more than that new iPhone. Now, they might tell you they want <laughs> a new iPhone. Yes, they but do. But really what they want is your love. And I realized that kids don't like structure. Like, I was strict, okay? Yeah. I, I was, like, strict. So, and that's why my kids are successful, right? Because I gave them structure. They don't want that, but they need that. They need it. So you have to have that structure in your life, and they have to have rules, right? You have, they have to have rules that they follow. Because otherwise, that's when things get kind of like lost, right? So, you know, I thought of myself like a CEO of a company. Right, where I was going to manage there, and, and, and they had rules that we had a, a mission statement. Our family's mission statement is our cultural values. We have faith, we do the right thing, we treat people with respect, we know the value of the dollar, we don't lie, cheat, or steal. You know, we have a mission statement, and then everybody had their roles in their family, right? Yes. And people need that. You have to have roles in your family so that you, they need to have chores. They need to know the responsibility of a family unit to make the family work, right? Yes. It's not just about doing their thing. It's about how you're going to contribute to the family. And when you give the kids that, then they can find their place in the world. And then that's when they can learn to be productive. And we just pray to God that they make the right choices in life. So the, the, going back to being the Kool-Aid mom, that's why I wanted their friends to know what our values were, right? I don't want drugs in the house. I want you to be respectful. I want you to, you know, be kind to each other. Those were the values that I imparted my kids and I imparted on their friends so they knew where we were coming from. Because if that's, that doesn't jive with them, then mm -hmm. this is not the right family for them, right? right? Yes. So my kids knew that. So they knew to be part of our tribe, these are the values that you have because you're going to be like, I, there's an old Mexican proverb. Tell me about your friends and I can tell you who you are. Yes. Right? Yep. So we can't like choose their friends, but we could influence them. Correct. So that's what my job was. And um, I never told them that's what I was trying to do, right? But I would invite them. We had a swimming pool. We would have parties. We would... And I would feed them, and I would talk to them. And then I said, well, what do you want to do, Johnny? Yeah. What do you want to do with your life? And sometimes some of them said, wow, I never had an adult really talk to me or ask me what I wanted to do. or what I would. And I would inspire them. I would help them. I would help them. I would be a resource for them. And I'd say, hey, listen, if you need help, let me help you. Let me guide you. Because it was so sad. A lot of them didn't have mm -hmm. that at home. Right. Right. So you, we need to empower our kids that they could be better. But this is going to be the most important thing that I would tell the parents. Okay? Yeah. And is this, is this where I'm looking at? Oh, yeah. Are you looking yep, at me? Right. Kids will do what you do, not what you say. All right? Do you get that? Kids will do what you do, not what you say. So you can't say, you know, I want you to be respectful to people, and then you're an asshole. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, like I'm very like to the service when we go out to eat. I am very kind to the people that serve me. I appreciate them. I'm grateful for them. Yeah. And the kids see that. So guess what? They're gonna do that too. <coughs> totally. So that is like the most important thing 
that's the and most important pearl that I can give them. And just love your kids, really. Love them. Yeah. Just love them. Yeah. Spend time with them. Spend that time where they know that, and it doesn't even have to be a lot of time. It could be like a good 20 minutes, 30 minutes, yeah. right? And don't ever take fine for an answer when they, you ask them, how are you doing? And if Johnny says fine, you know what? He might not, not be so fine. Yeah. That's all I could say. It's and not so, good. no, it's not. And so it's, you know, but I get better, I tell, I get better with each kid, you know, I have four of them. And they're, all successful and they, my second son just graduated from UCLA he's gonna to go to UCLA law school and I'm just so proud you know it's you know my oldest one graduated from Stanford and is teaching now and he's, he's in the noble field of education and, your kids are. and I just I'm just so proud of them because they made a life for themselves they were lucky to make good choices and be productive members of society and that's all we want for them, that's right? It. We that's just want all. them to be able to make their way. Yeah. But you have to show them the path. And this is what's you important. Give them the structure early. You have to give them the structure really early. I was not I, I don't like to call myself the tiger mom, yeah. I was the kitty mom yeah. because I I had a lot of structure but I never made them play the violin for four hours. Yeah. Now I made everybody play the piano for one year, but then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was because the piano when people played the piano they did better in math. No kidding. No, that's the studies to show that. Wow. So, um, so I, you know, made them do that. So, kitty mom, not tiger mom. Yes. But I, I had certain tools that just, that helped them. But the kids always made me better. All right. One question. When you, this is, and I didn't plan mm -hmm. on asking this question, but I have to know. What's that? When, when a friend or two of your children, when they were young. Yes. When there's a child that's coming around, that's. Um, maybe not the best influence, or you can tell that the family dynamic on that end is not good, and you can tell that something's quote-unquote off, what do you do at that point? Do you just say, um, I don't know if this, uh, you should be hanging out with this kid anymore, or do you let the God and the universe take care of that and they just don't get attracted to your family unit because it's so positive? Do you know where I'm going with this? Yes, I know. I've told people, what, I've, what told, I've, told, no, I've, I've told some of my you know, I've told a couple of my kids, you know what, that's not going to be the best influence for you. Yeah. And I don't like that energy. Yeah. And I'm just honest with them. You just have to be honest. But what do you even know what that means? Well, I, I just tell them, know? well, I, I talk to the kid also. I actually, if they're here, if they're with me, I just share with them what we believe in our values. And then if they, and some of them don't come back. Because I just, I just, no, I still, I scare them. Here. I just, I just tell them how it is, and if they don't like it, if they're not ready to hear it, you know. And I will say that luckily, some of them, it affected them in a positive way. Right. And so that was a good thing. Yeah, definitely. But you have to meet people where they're, where they're at. at. Yeah. They might not be ready to hear what you have to say to them, but I never judge anyone because you don't ever know the trauma right. or the what people live through and people live through a lot a of lot. shit yes you know? and you're like wow how do you do that so you can't ever really judge people totally you just know and i just tell them we're here to be a, a positive source of support for you we'll be here we'll guide you we'll help you like i talk to kids all the time about what college are you going to go to i don't i um i assume that they're going to go to college i assume and if they don't and not, not college is not for everybody. Right. 
You know, sometimes they're going to do much better using their creativity or going to trade school. I have no judgment on that. Just do, like, if you're going to be a pizza delivery guy, damn it, be the best pizza delivery yeah. guy that yeah. you can be, right? Right. It doesn't matter what you do in your life as long as it's you're being productive and you're being good. Yeah. And it, I don't have any judgment on that. Yeah. But, you know, just... I always tell people to come from a place of compassion and to be kind. Yeah. So when somebody wasn't the best influence, I would just tell people, not in front of the kid, yeah. that they might not be the best influence. So I want you to know that. Yeah. They might not be the best influence. But I always welcome them into my house. Because you don't know why God has brought people mm, to you, right? Totally. You don't know what role that you have in their life. And you don't know if they needed to be there to hear whatever you had to say. So I welcome everyone. I love everyone. I don't have, like, I don't pass judgment on people. Because who am I to judge? You know, only right. him. Exactly. God can judge us, right? Yep. So I just, I just want to, I want to bring the best out in people, right? So you can have a bad influence in your life, but you can turn that bad influence around because a bad influence doesn't have to make you bad. You can make that bad influence better. Exactly, you can make them good or better. Yes, you can. You can make them better. They might still be bad, but maybe not as bad, right? That's right, just because so, they came into your no, realm. No, just because you don't need to use that as an excuse, and that's what yeah. I tell my kids. You're always going to have certain influences that may not be good or bad, but you always have the choice. Yeah. That's what you have. Yeah. You have the choice to be better. And, and you'll and influence them. Yeah, and you can influence way. them in a good way. Who knows, right? Okay, so you ready? Yes, Tom. Here's the final one. 33 years in with your husband. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You clearly have... The, the, the flame is still burning hot over there. Mm-hmm. We can clearly see that. Mm-hmm. What's the secret to that? Because we have a lot of good sex. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's a wrap. <laughs> if you, no, seriously, <laughs> people are happiest when you're intimate with the person that you want to be with. That's just it. Plain and simple. And so in my life, in my job, I help people have more sex because hormones okay, are now needed. Okay, yeah, this is the we're real, getting... this is the real deal. This right is here. the real deal. This is the real deal. If you have more sex in your life, you're, you not only are happier, did you know that you live longer? Are you serious? No, I'm not even lying. If you have at least, they say, I think it's 100 orgasms a year, you'll live like eight years longer. 100 not, orgasms a year. So that's Hold like, that's like that. two or three that's times two or, two or three times a week. a week. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's this nothing. Is nothing. You know what I'm saying? So if you have, and the more orgasms you have, it's actually good for your brain. Oh my gosh. So, so, so 100 years, the yeah, benchmark. Yeah, that's, it. that's, the, that's the benchmark. So no, no, seriously, if you can keep, and, and this is all joking aside, if you can keep the romance in your life, yeah. and there's intimacy in all different yeah, levels. Yeah, tell me how you keep the romance. That's tell all different here. levels. It could be that text that says, honey, I, I can't wait to see you tonight, and, that, and, and, and hold you, and just let them know you're thinking about them. It could be that, you know what, I, I left your favorite... Um, I packed something for you to bring to lunch. You didn't get to see them in the morning, but 
I packed a little something special for you, and mm. they're not expecting it. A little I love you on the mirror when they wake up, and it's the first thing that they see. There's little, just like little things that take just a little effort, yeah. but there's a lot of impact, Yeah. right? That people just want to know that you love them and care about them. Right. It's the same thing with your kids. They just want to know that you love them. Yeah. And when people stop thinking that you don't want to be with them or you love them, that's when trouble sits in. And it's not a coincidence that there's a lot of divorces in their 40s, right? Because women and men are going through hormonal changes, yep. right? And this is, a, this is something that I found out while I was um, seeing a lot of men when their wife was around their same age, right? Say you're 50 years old and your, your partner's 50 years old and all of a sudden she doesn't want to have sex with you. Well, she doesn't want to have sex with you not because she doesn't love you, but her vagina might be dry from less walk of hormones, so it's not fun, it hurts, yeah, right? Yeah. And then she's tired, she didn't sleep that night, so she doesn't have energy, so sex is not a priority. So, but they blame each other for not having that intimacy, right? When right. it's not either of them's fault, they just need to get, they didn't get the right help. So think of the man who's gonna wanna have sex. Does he go with a woman that's like 50 years old? He thinks might not want to have sex. That's why you see them go for the younger woman yep. that they know wants to have sex with them. Because basically, at the end of the day, they just want to have more sex, yep. right? And if you're, you know, so, and I saw that and I thought, mm. oh, wow, that's really interesting. So I saw that that kind of relationship going where, where people, at the end of the day, they just, and you see this on TV all the time. Most of the commercials are, they're very, like, sexually motivated because people want to have more intimacy in their lives and it could be by a touch it could be with a hug it could be with a kiss it doesn't necessarily mean sex but it's just that intimacy yeah. right and so when people's hormones are not good then that intimacy falls you'd say that's the number one reason is well that's one of the reasons yeah, yeah. right right but usually people, I mean, that's a whole different segment. And, I'm, and I could talk to you about what makes a marriage work and what doesn't work. Yeah. But that's a, there's a, other things that, that goes into a marriage. But when you, when you ask me what we have that keeps it going is that we have romance in our life. Right? Yeah. We you have make romance. time for we each make other. time for each other. And it doesn't even mean that it's a lot of time where we're only involved with each other, right? I see my girlfriends. He has friends. He goes to the football games, he goes to the soccer games that I don't go to, right? We have a life outside of each other, but then when we have the, when we're together, we're together, and we're present, and we're mindful, and we focus on each other, that time that we have together, and that's what's important. People want to know that you care about them, and you love them, and you're there for them, and with them. Yes. Right? Yeah, you're intentional about it. Yes, it's, in, it's very intentional, it's very mindful. Yeah. You know, because people, I hate when I go to restaurants, and people are texting on the phone when they're like yeah right with each other right with each other so we have a we have a rule in our house there's no cell phones on the d dinner table the tv's not even on no tv on no radio on actually no cell, no no other media except us or we're the only noise that's it that's it what and that's what that's it. That's the rule in our house when we have dinner. No TV, no radio, no cell phones. So we have to talk to each other. Actually talk to each other. Yeah, we have to talk to each other. We have to, we have to, we have to be with each other. 
and we have to listen to each other. And the moral of the story is have more sex. Have more sex, basically. Yes. Or have more orgasms. Yeah, have more orgasms in your life. And if you can't get an orgasm, I can help you. Not personally, but in my I practice. <laughs> in my practice, you know, yes. you know, um, I help people have more orgasms. Because a yes. hundred a year, and you 100 live a longer. A hundred a year, you live longer, and you're smarter. And you're smarter. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not motivation yeah. to, to, to knock it out more often and to, yeah. to please and your it, partner. Yeah, and, and if you don't have a partner, please yourself, please. Hey, Seriously. Hey, hey now. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just <laughs> orgasms, however you get it. That really? Yes. Hey. If you, okay, you know, well, now this is a show. <laughs> It's this, just, is a, this, is how you, this is how you end a podcast, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Go. Orgasms, pleasing yourself. Pleasing yourself. Wow. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all, right? Not at all. Not, not at all. You it's become not. smarter yes. and you live longer. You live longer and you're smarter. Yeah, my audience is going to love this yes. one. Like, shit, I'm all over this. Yeah, you should just like um, <laughs> fast forward, because we've been talking for two hours, to the last 15 minutes. <laughs> then they'll want to listen to the rest of it. <laughs> no, then they'll say, wow. Whoever, whoever actually listens to the fans that we have so far, yeah. they listen to start to finish. Really? Oh, yeah. I am impressed. Yeah. I mean, there's a handful. Not everybody, believe me. I know they... they I was going to say. Because these are all long. Because this is what I would call the highlight reel. This is the highlight you reel. Need yeah. to, you need yeah. to focus on this Oh, well, well listen. You, 10 you, minutes. You can believe that when we do the little clips that... Yeah. <laughs> And we do the little teaser the last clips, two questions. that they're going to be that they're going to be on there for sure, right, guys? Right, my editing <laughs> crew. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dr. Melinda Silva. We're going to put all of her information on her uh, her video on her sound bites, so you'll be able to contact her if you want to have uh, more sex and more orgasms. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. So grateful to be here with you. I mean, this is a great thing that you're doing, reaching out to the community and just imparting knowledge from, you know, key speakers and uh, thought leaders and it's, it's important work. So thank you. It, it's my that. pleasure and the pleasure mm -hmm. basically is all mine and I can't tell you how grateful I am for you, thank for you. your friendship. We've had some great date nights with you and Raphael. Yes, hope we plan another one and soon. I love your wife. She's Let's, amazing. Oh, we love. have the greatest time we're together. We have we, so much fun. We have so much fun. So we're looking forward to more. We'll put one on the calendar immediately. So, yes. Uh, Melinda, I can't thank you enough. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Real Deal Talk, and that's a wrap. Have a nice day. Thank you.